Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Plug with my guy, Ishmael Sirion. What's up? How y'all doing today? Thank you guys for joining us once again for another great episode of the Sports Plug. In today's episode, we will be, of course, reviewing the 2020 and 2021 season of the NFL. And first things first, you already know if you've been here before or you, this is your first time coming, please make sure you like and share this broadcast. Make sure we get some more people tuning in. And also, if you are on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page at The Sports Plug. Also, we are broadcasting on Twitch as well. So please make sure if you are a gamer, go ahead and check us out on Twitch as well. Now, Ishmael, before we get into everything, we got to make sure we let the people know because we are this this is a season recap so i want to let the folks know not just yet about seven spice but we gotta let them know that we have finally hit a hundred youtube subscribers so we appreciate everybody for tuning in on a weekly basis and and checking us out on youtube are also on our podcast because we also have accumulated over 400 podcast streams within the last seven eight months ish of us of us doing this man we appreciate everybody that tunes in everybody that's um checking for us every week um people who are commenting as well we appreciate it um we thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to um you know tune in and see what we have to say and thank again thank you is for letting everybody know out that we seriously do appreciate the love and support that everybody is is giving us from the comments and also uh of course when we get done with shows for the people that message in and let us know what they want to hear so i know ish was about to he was about to let y'all know he was gonna let y'all know but i'm gonna let y'all know <laughs> make sure y'all join I mean, y'all y'all to uh, go to y'all's locals houston area seven spice to get you a free chicken tender basket courtesy of the sports plug march 1st to 7th all you have to do is walk into walk in there let them know the sports plug sent you make sure you take a picture for your facebook or instagram tag seven spice in the sports plug for your free chicken tender basket free hey nothing better than free all righty then so like we said before we will be reviewing this year's football um season but of course we're not going to review it like everybody else reviews that we are going we're going to review it our way a fun way a you know in a way that that of course you know, it's the sports plug way. We we don't we don't want to keep it. We don't want to keep. Yeah, it. I mean, we, we like to keep it. Keep it our own. Keep it different. Exactly. Exactly. So with that being said, is let's go ahead and get right into it. I'm, you know, you gotta get the gotta get the ugly out of the way. Unfortunately, you gotta get mm. the ugly out of the way. Ugly. The most disappointing team. You know, unfortunately, we do have to start right here. It was a great season, but let's mm. go ahead and talk about the most disappointing teams. In our eyes, and I'll start off with mine, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. They made the playoffs. They did. They also started off the season 11-0, first time in, in their franchise history. Now, let's think about this. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers, six Super Bowl mm-hmm. rings, nothing but greatness amongst this organization 
First mm-hmm. time in their franchise history they go eleven and zero. Mm-hmm. Make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Lose, I'm, but you lose to little brother. I'm not hearing miss, most disappointing team. You lose to little brother though. This is my thing. The reason why it's disappointing is because you you had all these high hopes, expectations. You know, big big. This this might have been Big Ben's last hurrah. In a mm-hmm. Steelers uniform, we still don't know yet. We have to wait and see. We saw the Pouncey brothers have retired now. Mm-hmm. And what it seemed like it was, this could have been this last year for maybe Big Ben to get him one more before he got up out of here, right? And with them playing the way that they played, the breakout of Chase Claypool, he had he had that game where he had four touchdowns. I remember when people were hitting my phone up, hey, man, you need to check out Clay's Cape, Clay's Chape, uh, I'm sorry, Chase Claypool. Say that mm-hmm. four times fast. Tongue twister. <laughs> you ain't lying. You got to check this guy out because okay. he's going to be the next great wide receiver in the league. Mm. We could have sworn they said that about Juju after AB left as well, too. We have to just wait and see on that one. But with that being said, the season started off great for the Steelers. 11-0. But they just didn't finish it off the way that they needed to finish it off, of course. And you end up taking the Browns very lightly and letting the Browns beat you. And again, making it seem like, um, you know, I, I guess that, you know, the Browns being the little brother, but the Browns took that as disrespect. And, and so showed are you them. saying they're um, are you saying they're the most disappointing team because they lost in the first round to a division rival who has been for a long time their little brother? Now, I mean, we could say it might be a battle of the battle of the fittest. Now, it might be. Well, I would say again the reason why I'm saying that they're the, dis- the most disappointing team is because of the way that they started off. And the high hopes, the expectations. It'd be like it's different if it was the New England Patriots that went undefeated all regular season long and then lose in the Super Bowl by, you know, a miraculous throw by Eli. You're not yeah. gonna claim them as a disappointing team. It's just, oh dang, things happen. It's football, right? Yeah. yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers going into the playoffs, they were tripping over themselves. And we had questions about the Steelers. About they were even real in the first place, so for that's why I'm saying that I feel like the Steelers was never what they record show that they were in the first place. A lot of people question their record in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get into the playoffs and you have an opportunity to beat your little brother at home, and you don't do it. That's disappointing to me, sir. I mean, okay. <clears throat> At first, I was having a hard time catching on with um, on the wave you were riding, but I can kind of see where you're coming from. You kind of took it more from the eye test, the um, kind of from the momentum standpoint, which is cool. I, I respect that. I know I see what you're doing there. I'm just gonna say, with well, my pick of the Philadelphia Eagles, Christine, if you're watching, I'm so sorry, but. With the Philadelphia Eagles, I took it from a different standpoint. I took it more so from a statistical standpoint, from a talent standpoint, um, from an expectation standpoint. Not even just what you've been doing in the season, but coming into the season and then what transpired during the season. Um, The Philadelphia Eagles were coming off of three straight playoff appearances. Now, I understand some people might say that's the NFC East. Come on. But at the same time, that is 
very impressive for them to come off of three straight playoff appearances. They won the division in 2017. They got second in 2018, and they won the division uh, in 2019. So coming into 2020, you're at least expecting a team to get maybe win the division if you're the Philadelphia Eagles or get second in that division. They got a cool fourth place, okay? A cool fourth place in that division. They went 4-11-1 after going 9-7 the past two seasons. Carson Wentz ended up having to get pulled for um, from a man. Um, now his name is slipping me for some reason. Uh, Jalen Hurts. He okay. got had to get pulled. He had to get pulled from a man, Jalen Hurts. Um, I know they had some injuries, but at the end of the day, the entire division was suffering from injuries. The entire division was suffering from poor play. You would expect a team that has won the division two out of the past three years and has the talent that the Eagles have to somehow find a way to make it out of that division and for them to finish dead last in that division. I'm sorry. They have to be the most disappointing team for me. I respect that. I definitely do, especially like you're saying, finished dead last in that dead-ass division. That wasn't a great division. You finished last, especially the way that it went down. It's just... They went from first to last, first to worst. I mean, they that is very disappointing for me. I'm sorry. I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't look past see. that. I, I completely understand. I'm not mad about it at all. Uh, shout out to my boy Lee out here uh, tuning in as always. He says, I'm here, baby. Let's get this on the road. Yes, sir. He also says, I feel as if the Vikings are the most disappointing. I see what you're saying, X, with your take. Eagles were my second. He also says, I try to stay away from teams plagued with injuries. I, no, I 100% agree, Lee. You know, I, I know people can easily probably say the 49ers or, you know, other teams like that that has injuries. But the 49ers, to be honest with you, and Isha and I talk about this on a daily, on a weekly basis, at least when it comes to the 49ers, they showed us nothing but heart every week. So I cannot put them in a disappointment, a disappointing category because they came out and played every week. They, they, they could have took their check and went home. They didn't have to play, but at least they showed up with all the injuries that they've, that they acquired throughout the whole season. Most definitely, most definitely. Yes, sir, yes, sir. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. Even though it is disappointing, we're going to go ahead and unfortunately single out a couple of players. Now, let's be real. It's not a disappointment when you play in the NFL. Anybody that plays in the NFL, hey, it's not, that's not a disappointment. But on this show, we're going to have to keep it real. we got to keep it real from time to time. We're going to have to folks know when you're disappointing, you are disappointing at this moment. And, Ish, I'm going to let you go first because it ties in on what Lee was talking about with the Vikings. So go ahead and, and name your guy. Hey, that's why I was smiling when he said the Vikings because I 100% agreed the Vikings were actually my number two team and most disappointed teams. And this guy right here, he's part of the reason why they were a disappointed team. My man Kirk Cousins just did not cut it this year. I've heard that there are trade rumors going on about him. Um, I heard that, you know, a lot of people are wondering whether or not he is the answer in Minnesota. I think that has that question has been going on for a while now. Um, but this season, while it looks okay on paper, um, it was not good for Kirk Cousins. I mean, 
he was he had a he went down in percentage so 67.6% completion percentage he did go up in yards significantly uh he threw for 4265 yards thanks to he should thank the rookie for that with 35 touchdowns which is also an increase from the year before um he actually nine more than he had the year before the problem that i had with him and what cost them a lot of games the turnovers he threw 13 interceptions this year. Um, the year before, he only threw six interceptions. So he more than doubled his interceptions um, in one year time. I would just have to say the turnovers are what killed them. The Vikings were in a lot of games. They were in a lot of really close games. They were battling it out. They probably could have made the playoffs had they um, kept the ball a little bit. And I think Kirk Cousins, I'm just going to say it, he caused them to lose a lot of games, just turning the ball over, um, making bad decisions at the bad t- uh, at the wrong time. Uh, I just can't look past it. I'm sorry. I've never been a Kirk Cousins fan, um, but this year definitely, I think, was the year that has solidified him as a decent NFL uh, starting quarterback. But nothing more than that. Um, I think as soon as they can get somebody to replace him, Minnesota will definitely be doing that. Now, the question I have for you before I get on my little soliloquy with my players is you talk about trade for with Kirk Cousin being in the mix. Maybe the Las Vegas Raiders making make us a, a switch for Derek Carr for Kirk Cousins. You know, we get the Mr. Quarterback Guru and John Gruden. It seems like he he's OK with having mediocre quarterbacks. I don't think so. I don't think that they're going to make that kind of a move. Uh, I think that both teams are kind of good unless something blows them away. They're going to keep both of those quarterbacks in their house. Um, so I definitely expect to see Derek Carr still in um, Las Vegas and Kirk Cousins still in Minnesota unless something comes along that blows them away. Um, I don't think that he'll be leaving Minnesota. I think Minnesota's stuck with him until they can either um, get Eat a high enough draft pick yeah, they got to. I mean, they're going to have to get a high enough draft pick or they're going to have to, uh, you know, maybe pick up a veteran that they're going to say is a backup. And then when Kirk plays, you know, poorly, they just input the veteran and let it be known that they're in a rebuild. But they're still competitive enough in that division that I think um, if he can turn it around next year, you know, they could possibly compete uh, at least to get a wild card spot. I... You know, I agree, but at the end of the day, I mean, it comes down to Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's just, are you just going to be a mediocre quarterback? Are you actually going to show up? You know, I mean, like you said, he increased his touchdowns because, again, I think because of the added addition, Justin Jefferson, and also him being more comfortable in the offense. But at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins is not going to do anything anything more than what you need him to do. He's not going to, he's not going to uh, be able to make something out of nothing like we see with Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. He's he's going to give you he's going to give you vanilla. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I say he solidified himself as um he's a solid. He's a solid quarterback, a solid starter, um nothing more than that. All right, let's get in the comments right quick before I talk about my disappointment. Lee says I'm going to go with Zeke on this one. Seemed like he had no motor. No hard, definitely cousins as well. He says, then golf. I have, I had to have three. Well, yo, I can't put golf in there. I mean, golf played with a broken thumb in the playoffs. You can't. Hey, I mean, let I me can't, just say this. To I Lee. can't put golf in there. 
we are on the same wavelength because Zeke was probably he was up there. I was actually between Kirk Cousins and Zeke for me. Um, the reason why I didn't want to pick on Zeke is because of the adjustment that teams were going to make on how they played the Cowboys. Let's be honest. Seven, eight in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Dak Prescott goes Come down. I mean, what are you going to do? You go stack the box. Exactly. The only thing that made him look bad and why I considered picking him is that Pollard was still running the rock. Pollard was still toting the rock. And Zeke was just, he didn't look the same. He looked slow. He looked sluggish. He looked like he really wasn't into it. So I agree with you, Lee. I think Zeke is up there as well. He had a very disappointing year. I mean, do you think it's because he didn't have his buddy back there to hand on the ball off? You know, I don't know what it didn't want to play this year. I don't know what it was, um, but it just didn't look good. It didn't look good from a standpoint of it looked like a lack of effort. When Pollard ran the ball, I think that is when a lot of people's eyes were open and they were like, hey, it may not be an offensive line situation. It may just be a hunger situation with Zeke. So I know he normally. So we know we know Zeke be normally eating. He wasn't eating this year. All right, let me go ahead and get in my little soliloquy about these two guys. And it has everything to do mainly, of course, on the field. These these two has everything to do on the field. It has nothing to do off the field. I'm talking about Cam Newton. We know, of course, he's in the news for the wrong reasons right now with the little camper situation. But that is all dif- that is all diffused. Everything is good on that situation. But when we talk about the disappointing players for Jadavian Clowney and Cam Newton, mainly for Jadavian Clowney, is because you – were supposed to be this big free agent for the Tennessee Titans that were supposed to that was supposed to help out on his defensive side that was supposed to what are you making that face for? This is definitely a home. This is definitely a homer pick. This is definitely how, a homer how, pick. How is it a homer pick? You are disappointed that Jade- <laughs> you want do you want me to read? Do you want me to read everything that he did this year? Hey, I'm just go, saying. Go, I you're mean, go, disappointed go. that he was. You thought he was going to come in and be an impact player for your team, and he turned out not to be that guy for the Oilers. That's so all. This, that's not a disappointing player. I mean, I don't. You literally, you literally just said what a disappointing player. That's what he did. I, I honestly don't think that. I don't think he's the most disappointing player. And I think he has some. He had some injuries that he suffered this year and everything. He had it, one, and he was out for the rest of the year. That's again. That's the reason you 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 have a history of having injuries. And again, I I was somebody that was going to say, hey, he's going. He's he's going to be fine this year. He's coming back and being comfortable with Mike Vrabel and the defense, and he can do. He can be a free range guy like Aaron Donald on the line. He could be a linebacker if he needs to. This mm-hmm. is a good opportunity for him to redeem himself. Same way with Carson Wentz with the with the Colts. Same thing with Matt Stafford with the Rams. We're gonna see it again this year with some guys playing on new teams and you know same faces, new places where they get an opportunity to redeem themselves. That was Jadavian Clowney's opportunity this year and guess what he did this year he had 14 tackles he had 14 tackles he played he played five games and he had one forced fumble he got hurt man i'm uh, again i mean i I respect that though it's still a disappointment of a season that's a disappointing season if you're an oilers fan it was very disappointing no it's not even just that again if you're a number look i'm talking about two guys that are number one picks this is Jadavian Clowney and and cam newton these are number one picks in the nfl Mm, at one point i didn't expect cam so I wasn't disappointed. I knew exactly what I was going to get. I don't think anybody expected Cam to be looking like that. Come on now. Eight passing touchdowns? 
What, what had he? What has he shown the past couple of years? Let me just look it up real quick because look, I don't feel like he he sh- he showed anything bef- prior to coming to the New England Patriots to make you think that he was going to play. Like, what were you expecting? Uh, MVP Cam. The reason why, look, the reason why again, I'm not I'm not trying to get on Cam. What I'm saying is because of the way that he came in this season, his offensive regimen. His ment- his mental makeup to say I'm going to show all of y'all that y'all was wrong about me. Y'all not going to give up on me. I'm I'm still better than 31 other quarterbacks out here, right? That's that's the mindset that Cam had, and I wanted him to be successful this year. I wanted him to throw for 25 plus touchdowns and have her, and ha- have him and have people uh, eat their crow because of things that they said about him. He'd even throw for double digit passing touchdowns, ish. In a passing league at that. Come on. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like, again, it has nothing to do with with um because he wasn't a good passer in the past. Like, what do you know? That's BS. He Cam has been a Cam has been a pretty decent passer. He can sling that thing, as you would say. So for him to throw eight touchdowns, and I don't give a damn what wide receivers they did or didn't have. That's just, it's horrible. That's that's a disappointing season. I mean, I just I don't feel disappointed because I I didn't expect him to do much. I didn't expect him to come in and do anything. For one, I don't think that he was a fit in New England as far as system goes. Right. That was the number one thing for me that I was like, well, I don't like that. And New England is not one to tailor their system to a player, which they tried their best to do that. And what did it turn into? It looked like they just had a running back playing quarterback like they basically just tried to run the entire year with Cam Newton. Newton. Even when they got on the goal line, they ran Cam Newton. I agree. Everybody knew was what was gonna happen. There was no like creativity to that. Okay, so who fault is that then? That's on the that's on the, the offensive coordinators but, that's out here running. But that's, that's down why I plays. say that's why I say to me, I'm not disappointed with what Cam did. I'm not shocked and I'm not surprised because I didn't expect it. I thought it was bad from the get go when he signed with New England. I didn't think that was the team for him. I didn't think it was the scheme for him. They don't have any playmakers at wide receiver receiver like what it's a bad spot he could barely throw to uh my man Moore, curtis samuel whatever like at least those dudes are fast enough to you know get open or whatever you could barely throw it to them so i mean what were we expecting with julian edelman jacoby myers i mean come we on expecting we was expecting greatness apparently well we weren't expecting I all right let's go ahead and get to the comments so we can move on to the next topic greg is on youtube checking us out he says would y'all say michael thomas or james connor james connor definitely conversation i wouldn't he, put I thought about him yeah i wouldn't put michael thomas in there because of injuries yeah i could definitely say james connor yeah michael thomas was hurt throughout the rest of the year jadevian clowning that's different I'm gonna let you get. I'm gonna have that one. That's fine. I mean, cause it is. But continue. Go ahead, man. Lee says, could Stephon Gilmore be on this list? Defensive MVPs uh, to out of the top twenty corners based on stats. Yep, he was on my list. That's number four. Well, I'll say this: get your money, Stephon. Get your money, cause New England don't pay nobody. So get your money. Do what you got to do. He got paid. He ain't worried about being a top corner no more. That's what it seemed like. Nah, That's at number four. He was number three on my list behind Zeke. I had uh, Kirk Cousins. I had Zeke. And then I had Stephon Gilmore. That was my third player. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. Game of the year. It's pretty, uh pretty simple one for both of us. Pretty easy. We were going to switch it up, but we went ahead and and stuck with the game of the year, which was the, the, the running back fest. 
You know, they had a eight touchdown, eight running, rushing touchdowns at, at one point before there was a passing touchdowns, and that was the Ravens and Browns week fourteen. I mean, that was that was a good, that was a really really good game uh, for both of them to get ready for the playoffs. I mean, if you look at if you look at that game, both both of those teams was able to win a playoff game. You know, in the uh, when they when they got to the playoffs, so. Could we also see these two teams? Could we see these type of games next year as well when these two teams match up again? We get to see them twice again? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely expect this uh, to be – it probably become the norm uh, moving forward. I think mm, the Browns are ready to norm. compete. Yeah, the Browns are ready to compete. They're the real deal. Um, I was getting hyped up about the Browns uh, last season or this season, and uh, I'm going to continue on that um, on that train next season because I do think the Browns, they have the right mixture of style and um, – they know what they they know what their identity. They yeah, know their, their identity, identity and I and I like that. The Ravens, same thing. They know their identity. I think it was a little bit down for them for a while, but I think that they're going to try to figure it out. The most important thing to me on the offensive side is to get a number one. They got the defense already ready to go. Um, they need to get a true number one on that offensive side to help out. Uh, Lamar Jackson and then the rest you know I think that they can do it they finally got over the hump and went in the playoff game so yeah I expect this kind of game to be the norm in the AFC North I expect um, whenever you see the Ravens playing the Steelers the Browns playing the Steelers um, the Browns and the Ravens play like I definitely expect it to be a serious game and you know next year I think Cincinnati still has another year uh to at least now they go, they go it's about two better. maybe about yeah two. another two most likely um but yeah i'm excited about them too i think with joe burrow they finally found a guy who it looked like he was you compete know, at least just compete i, I like i like seeing burrow um, so if they can keep building on that yeah two years from now man who knows uh the comments greg says bills cardinals this game should be get should get consideration hashtag kyler hell mary and that's something ish and i talked about on in the pre-show uh, if you stay tuned, we'll, we'll be we'll be getting to that um, game very shortly, Greg. So uh, we appreciate you for making that segue to another one of our topics real soon. But I agree with you, Greg. That was a great game. That was yeah, definitely it was a great. great game. Game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, uh, ish on on the on the game of the year. I really hope we're able to see these two seriously, be, you know, become a decent rivalry moving forward we know we know about the ravens and the steelers when they play but to be added added you know the browns and steelers and the browns and ravens i mean that just makes football even even better because we get every time we see these teams match up we know what we're gonna get oh yeah so. it's gonna be good it's gonna be good and, and they play a, a type of football that i like to see they they run the ball nice they run the ball man they run the ball if if baker mayfield can do what he did when obj got hurt Man, the Browns, that's a real deal moving forward. Like, that's a team to be scared of because that defensive line as well. Uh, we always talk about the offense and all how good, you know, these offenses are or how bad their quarterbacks are. But that defensive line also, man, they are a serious committee over there on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they just need to tighten that secondary up a little bit. And then who knows, man? I agree. And speaking of being serious, this offer it's a very serious offer. Please make sure you go to your local Seven Spice here in Houston, Texas to enjoy a free chicken tender basket March 1st to 7th. All you have to do is mention the sports plug and you get your free chicken tender basket. It's that easy. All you got to do is take a picture. Make sure you tag Seven Spice in the sports plug on Instagram and or Facebook mainly. And don't do the or do both. 
And make sure you enjoy your free chicken tender basket. All righty then, Ishmael. Let's go ahead and get right back to the swing of things. Most underappreciated player of the season. I like, I'll be honest with you, I, I like your pick. And not because it's a homer pick. I just, I didn't think people were watching like that. I didn't think people were watching Corey like that. But oh, come on. You, I'm going to let you go first on this one. All right. Um, let me just say this, man. Uh, a lot of people think I don't like the Oilers. All right. I just want to let it be known. I don't have a problem with the Oilers at all. I they hope you know this formerly, is why we can't get more sponsorships because Ish is over here calling the teams their own name. They were formerly in Houston. And so I do have a small, small place in my heart for the Oilers. That being said, Corey Davis is a problem. Okay. He is a true problem. People, every time they talked about, um, the Oilers offense, they talk about Derrick Henry. They talk about A.J. Brown. AJ. They talk about Ryan Tannehill. Corey Davis, let me just say this. He was considered a bust. I think a lot of people were thinking you're, he you're was correct. a bust. You're correct. Um, but the numbers he put up this year are definitely numbers that people need to open their eyes and pay attention because next year it could be a breakout year. I'm just going to put everybody on notice now. He also is a free agent. He uh, increased his production big time. He went from 43 receptions to 65 receptions this year. He went from 601 yards to 984 yards this year, from two touchdowns to five touchdowns. This guy was the true number two to A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown did his thing, but Corey Davis is what made that offense as dangerous as it was. That one-two punch of the run game and the play action, Corey Davis helped to bring that to light. And I think that a lot of people slept on him, but I don't know. Next year, you got to open your eyes. Teams got to start scheming for him because A.J. Brown isn't the only problem there. Corey Davis is definitely a true problem on the outside. Well, look at look at, look at at this guy here. Look at this guy out here watching some Titans football. Yeah, man, I watched the Oilers. Remember, wow. I thought the Oilers were going to – I said the Oilers were going to win the South. I told you that. All right, all right. Let's get to the comments right quick because I like this comment Lee put up. He says, my two are Corey Davis and Allen Robertson. Allen Robertson could be such a dominant force in the league with a solid quarterback. Uh, happy you brought up Allen Robertson because I'll bring him up again uh, very shortly. Uh, because Al Robinson is a very sucked on wide receiver. And like Lee is talking about, if he had a decent a decent quarterback throwing him the ball, he'd probably be putting up a, over easily over 1,000 yards every season as well. And we have to wait and see what happens with Chicago does with their quarterback situation. Maybe he might get him a quarterback and that we can he can actually show off how good he is. All right, my player, the most unappreciated player. I'm going to go have to go ahead and go with Christian. I don't I want to say it correctly, Christian Whiffs because he does not miss blocks. That's why their last name is Whiffs. Yeah, you like that, huh? I know you like that play, boy. So the reason why I'm picking him is because this is a guy, a rookie, that Tampa Bay actually moved up in the draft to get. So what Tampa Bay did was, hey, we're going to put our chips on you because we know how good you are. We need to add you to this law office line because at the time, Tom Brady was not with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yet, but they wanted to solidify the offensive line. And that's what any good team does is you got to get that offensive defensive line correct, right? Tampa Bay Buccaneers do that. He gets added in. 
and he's able to play the whole season, miss one snap, and only give up one sack as a rookie. Again, when you play, when you blocking for Tom Brady, let's just be real. The offensive line blocks a little bit differently for you because they know the merchandise they have behind him, behind them, I should say. So Mm -hmm. for what Christian was able to do as a rookie, and I'm pretty sure everybody was on his ass from training camp to the Super Bowl, I definitely have to tip my hat off to Christian because that was a hell of a year for a rookie to be put in a position like that and, and excel. And I'm and I'm I'm excited to see what what this young man has moving forward. All right. Speaking of young men uh, moving forward and, and young and young men that's going to be great in the league, future stars in this league. Um, let me go ahead and uh, we, we got it. We went ahead and put our picks. Antoine Winfield Jr. and Justin Jefferson. Ish, you want to go ahead and uh, and elaborate a little bit more on Justin because I'm pretty sure everybody that watches football they already know about Justin Jefferson. But go ahead, let me know something, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. I'm not. I'm gonna keep it short with Justin Jefferson because I picked him as a future star in the league, but really he already is. He's close to being a star already. Uh, I would say he was a star rookie this year. Um, if you don't know, 88 receptions, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. I mean, the man, he stepped in at big time. Uh, and I would say he was even drafted lower than a lot of people thought. A lot of people thought he was going to go a little bit higher. He ends up going in the middle of the first round. Um and the production was definitely way higher than that for me. Um, I think he is the main reason. He is the reason that the Minnesota Vikings fans aren't that sad about Stefan Diggs leaving. As much as Stefan Diggs went to Buffalo and, I mean, turned things around for them offensively, I think he was a big impact player for them. Um, but Justin Jefferson stepped in and was pretty much flawless for Minnesota all year long. So uh, I definitely have him as a future star. I went with as close as a sure thing as you could with Justin Jefferson. I agree. And the reason why I'm picking Antoine Winfield Jr. is because just like Christian, I mean, again, a rookie coming in and playing the way that, that he played I again had to tip my hats off to him, and I'm gonna read this this comment from Lee because we're talking he's talking about another Tampa Bay bug, Devin White. I mean, this guy was flying all around the field as a middle linebacker from the beginning of the season um, to the end of the season, and if you just look at his film, it's like watching a wide receiver or a running back play linebacker. This dude comes off the ball sideline to sideline so quickly. And it's going to be scary to to watch the evolution of linebackers moving forward because if this is like one, of course, one of the best linebackers, everybody's gonna to have to catch up, right? So you're gonna to have to start seeing faster and faster linebackers, and it's not gonna be just in the middle, it's gonna be the outside linebackers and everything else. So we're gonna start seeing an evolution of football because everybody else is 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 evolving as well from the quarterbacks to the wide receivers to DBs. I'm just so excited to watch football move forward because we're gonna start seeing even faster play, bigger hits, you know, just all that in a in a very controlled manner. Because of course we want to make sure we're safe, but you can't look, you can't keep football so safe. It's gonna be dangerous, dangerous on purpose, right? But these these 
athletes that we have nowadays, man. They're just they're, they're amazing to watch, and I can't wait to see these guys moving forward. And Antoine Winfield Jr. Again, I just want to say the quick little he had a. Hey, I know it's not it's not for you ish. Again, I'm not for you and Lee, but he had to get that peace sign back to Tyreek Hill when when Tyreek Hill did him in the Super Bowl. And then you know I know he had to. That was it was a nice little piece. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, no, I love you too. I'm sorry. I love you too. All right, best play of the that. year. We talk, we had some people talk about this already, and we're gonna go ahead and of course dub it the best play of the year. Both of us. I mean, it was unanimous decision. As as I'm sorry, as a uh, Akeem Talib would say, Calamari. 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 Good old Calamari to DJ uh, DeAndre Hopkins. My apologies. Um, great, of course, play overall from uh, Kyler Murray being able to escape the pocket, roll out, roll out to the left, and launch it to DeAndre Hopkins to go up there and and do what you do, which which is what we call you know moss or hops or whatever you want to call it, this generation. I don't know what they call them in, in you know, little seven years old. What do they, what they call them now? Hops? So, I don't know. If one of you, I know, I know, Ish, I know you out here coaching you football. So, I know they probably, they probably calling it something else. They ain't calling it uh, Moss anymore, right? Um, nah, I think they still, it's we still calling them Moss. We still Mossing people. But um, I got this as the best player of the year, not only because it won the game, not only because DeAndre Hopkins went up and Mossed multiple people, but also the branding aspect, the Jordan brand. I mean, my goodness, jump man, the jump pictures man, that man. came out. I mean, yeah, the Jumpman pictures after that, that was perfect for marketing reasons. So, yeah, best play of the year. It, it, I mean, it did. It checked all the boxes, really. Um, how could you look past it? I respect that. Hey, I'm, I don't think you're wrong on that. We ain't going to spend too much time on it. I know y'all seen it a million times, that play. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the next topic, most improved team. Now, there's plenty of – I think there's, there's a couple of teams out there that people can pick and choose from. We went ahead with, with R2. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Buffalo Bills. Ishmael? Uh, I went with none other than the Washington football team. I mean, I think that they were the most obvious pick to me. A team who faced – the most turmoil I think a team could face going into a new season. Uh, they were three and thirteen in twenty nineteen. They had questions at the quarterback position. Um, they had coat. They had to get a new coach. They had people talking about their name. They had to go through a name change. And then even when they came out with their temporary name, which was the Washington Football Team, people had a problem with the temporary name. So to me, for all of those reasons. For the Washington football team to come out, go seven and nine, and win the NFC East, they are by far the most improved team. Most improved in many ways. They improved at the quarterback position. They improved at the coaching position. They improved by renaming themselves at the, um, what do we want to deem this as? They improved at the not being dumb and naming yourself after something that's going to offend people position. They improved all across the board. I mean, it's going to be technical, too. They're about to change their name again. I don't know if you've seen reports today came out. Apparently, Washington football team is supposed to be changing their name again this year. So we'll see Well, what yeah, we, we knew we knew that that was coming, although some people said that they really liked Washington football team. I like, they wanted I like to the keep name. It. I like the name. Uh, I like the jersey. Just keep it basic like that. I, I mean, I feel like if they keep Washington, 
Washington football team, everybody just changed the name to be your city football team. Or I was going to say, at least you have, it needs to be Washington, D.C. It can't be Washington. Oh, we don't know yeah, if it's Washington yeah, State yeah, yeah, or Washington, yeah. D.C. It got to be Washington, okay. D.C. football team. I like that. Either way, um, I'm interested to see what the new name is going to be. Um, I know they're keeping the color scheme, so that's not going to be anything. But the branding will be – it will be cool to see what the branding is. The logos, all of that, I'm excited to see that. Um, but, yeah, Washington football team, most improved team. I don't think – I think hands down. I like your pick with Buffalo Bills. Um, except for I kind of saw that coming. No Tom Brady in the AFC East. Well, it's not about that, honestly. It's really not about that. It was more about the improvement of Josh Allen. And again, it, it can you can everybody can say, oh, it's because it digs. You're right. You can say that. Yeah, I got you. But for him to go from his rookie year, his sophomore year, and then his third year in the season in, in this in this league, and for him to improve that much. I thought that was a great year for him and also for the rest of the team. I feel like the rest of the team fed off of how well Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs were playing on the offensive side and translated over to the defense. Usually it's the opposite. Usually, of course, the defense plays well, translate over to the offense. For the Bills, I think it was they saw how much Josh Allen was able to grow throughout the season. They probably should. They probably saw it before the season when he was doing what he did in, uh, before training camp and they saw him progressing, progressing. And a lot of people, of course, didn't want to take the Bills seriously because of, you know, because it mainly because of Josh Allen and the reputation that the Bills have, which is not getting over the hump, which is understandable. But I really like I've, I always liked this Bills team. I did say that I thought the, the, the Miami Dolphins would, you know, sneak in there and get the division from them. But this is the Buffalo Bills division in, until somebody else, you know, takes it from them. I don't think the, the the I'm sorry I don't think the Miami Dolphins have enough right now to beat the Buffalo Bills for the division again right now depending on what happens Deshaun Watson might get traded we don't know yet we, we have to wait and see but with the what the Bills were able to accomplish on both sides of the ball I think they I think they statistic wise they weren't as good on defense this year but I think just overall just competitiveness as a defense, I think they got a lot better on that aspect, and it showed when they played against the Ravens in the playoffs, where a lot of people thought, oh, look at their trash run defense. Their, Lamar Jackson is going to run for 250 yards on them. Shut them down, right? So I looked at that where that's something that they can build off of. It kind of reminded me of the Titans a couple years ago where they went on their run, went to the AFC Championship game, and a lot of people feel like, oh, it was a fluke. Well, run it back, right? So same thing with the Bills. Let's see what happens with y'all this year or this upcoming year, 2021 season. And we'll have to wait and see if this is for real or if this was just a one-time thing. Yep, I agree. All righty then. Let's go ahead and move on to best catch of the season. And no, I did not pick this because I'm a homer. I picked this because, and to be honest with you, no, seriously though, we easily could have picked. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, been, we already picked the best easy play, one, so, but yeah, I we went ahead and go got that one out of the way. We wanted we didn't want to uh, double dip on one like that, but I'm bringing up the AJ Brown catch because I have more after this AJ Brown catch. But the reason why, if you go back and go watch the Tennessee Titans against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Week 14, there's a flea flicker play that gets thrown to AJ Brown, and he tips it to himself one handed. And he catches it again one-handed and tiptoes. And again, 
if you go watch it, I know I'm not describing it, the, you know, sexy like, but if you go watch it, you understand why I feel like that was the best catch of the year. Ishmael? Um, by far, outside of the DeAndre Hopkins one, uh, just from a technical standpoint, the C.D. Lamb catch week 11 against the Minnesota Vikings for the touchdown uh, where he is running a corner route. Uh, the ball is thrown actually um, over his upfield shoulder. He has to turn the opposite way, reach back with his fingertips, catch the ball while falling back, and secure it for a touchdown. That difficulty-wise, by far, had to be the most technically difficult catch that I've seen for a touchdown in a long, long time. Best catch of the season. Now, we'll let everybody know that's tuning in. I promise y'all, stick with us. Stay with us because very soon on YouTube, we will be able to have the capabilities to be able to show y'all video and show y'all what we're talking about. I promise y'all, stay with us so we can show y'all what we're talking about because these catches and like and like my boy Lee's talking about, he knows what we talk about. The A.J. Brown catch was incredible. That C.D. Lamb catch in the back of the corner was nuts. He said, yes, sir. And then also me and Ish always on the same page. Hey, but, we always hey, on the same page. All I'm saying is maybe maybe y'all need to y'all, maybe y'all need to get married. Is that what is going on? <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all love each other? Huh? Y'all, is it a love connection I got y'all got going on over nah, here? Y'all ain't tell me about. You foolish. <laughs> I'll mess with you. I'll mess with y'all. No, but seriously though, when it comes to the best catch category, and I'ma reiterate what Lee said, Allen Robinson, because I went back to go watch some of these catches in the season. Allen Robinson and Mike Williams, these are two guys that do nothing but win 50-50 balls that turn into 80-20 balls for them because, especially Mike Williams. Mike, Mike Williams is so, it's, it's crazy because of the Clemson wide receiver tree. He's supposed to be one of the tops, but because of all the great wide receiver that comes out of Clemson, he's like keeps sliding yeah, people down. Forget, but he yeah, keeps, people forget about him. You feel me? But like he's really, really good. But that's why I'm excited to see what the Chargers are going to do next year. And again, we'll we'll get back. Let me get back on the where I'm getting at. With Mike Williams and Allen Robertson, very are two very slept on wide receivers that made great catches throughout the year, and I wanted to put them up there, but I had to give to AJ Brown. Also, there's an Odell Beckham catch. Against the uh, the uh, let me see, I wrote, I wrote it down. I, I missed it. I missed. It. I think it was the Browns. My bad. I think it was the Browns and 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 uh, Steelers where he caught a pass behind him and he got flung and whatnot. Great catch by OBJ. Um, uh, was Stephon Diggs had a great catch with Buffalo versus the Cardinals as well. So I mean, it's just a lot of great catches out there. Had to narrow it down. Sorry about that. But before we head on to the next topic, you already know this. Another great catch anybody can get. Go ahead and get you that free chicken tender basket. If you want to go ahead and take this one from me. Yeah, uh, you can get a free chicken tender basket from Seven Spice Cajun Seafood uh, March 1st through the 7th. If you go to any of the nine locations, mention the sports plug um, and take a picture of your free chicken uh, tender basket meal. Tag Seven Spice and the sports plug on Facebook or Instagram. And you get that free chicken tender basket. So make sure you go do that March 1st through the 7th. Yes, sir. Let them know they want that meal. Got to go ahead and ask for the plug. Yes, sir. Hey. All right, then. All right, then. Let's go ahead and talk about the upset of the season. The crazy thing about our picks is that it it deals with the same team. But the crazy thing about it with the same team is that they still end up making the playoffs. So you low-key could throw them in there for most disappointing team. 
because of just how this their season ended up. But we're not going to do that. We're just going to throw them out here, the upset of this season. And for me, it's the 49ers when they beat the Rams week 12 because if everybody, of course, have watched the NFL this year, we all know that the 49ers had nothing but injuries. From week from starting from week two to like week seven, it seemed like 40 players went down for the 49ers. And when week 12 came around, that was the time frame that the Rams – needed to get things into gear to get ready into into playoff mode correct and with them losing that game in week 12 it definitely had some people raise their eyebrows and not take them as seriously you know we all saw what happened the end result with the with the with the rams but it definitely i feel like it scared some people for taking the rams seriously when they lost to the 49ers yeah, uh, I mean, it, it was it was definitely uh, a blow to the Rams, um, I guess, what they had built so far. But then I would argue that my upset really, really demolished any momentum that they had because they were the one victory for the New York Jets on this season. Uh, that's why it is the upset of the season. I mean, I don't think anybody – I forget. I don't know if I remember it correctly, but I believe this is maybe a week or two after the Jets blew the lead against. Yes, uh, yes, that was two weeks after the the uh, Greg Williams infamous engage mm-hmm. eight play, uh, where you know, of course, you only use that play on Madden, uh, you know, to, just to, just to get the ball out of quarterback's hand, I guess, quickly. But you know, Greg Williams said, "Hey, we're gonna risk it for the biscuit, right?" And they threw away that victory. And I definitely think most people were probably thinking after that play, there's no way the Jets win a game this season. And then lo and behold, the Rams at home find a way to lose to the New York Jets. Upset of the season for me. I mean, not not much has to be said other than they were the one victory that the Jets had all season long. This is very true. I'm not even mad at you on that one, honestly, because I did. I did take this one from you. I ain't gonna lie. I did take the for the 49ers and the Rams for you. Yeah, you took it. But I did. I did. Because I, I, I could let you have that one. I could have took the Rams and the Jets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but for real, though, um, I, I of course 100 percent agree with you. Um, the the Jets at one point were looking at the going to be the next 0-16 team in in the league for the first time or the second time ever, I should say. And uh, the Rams gifted them a win that. I mean, one thing I always say, and you know, we both always say, is the NFL have NFL players. You know, they, mm-hmm. just because they are a trash team, doesn't mean they can't come out there and win a game, right? So that's right. That's right. I, I agree with what Lee said as well. Jags over Colts week one. Uh, that was the only win that the Jags had for a good eleven weeks. You know, for a good eleven <laughs> weeks or whatnot. So you know, I definitely agree on that one. Uh, Colts, of course, ended up making the playoffs on that one. You know, I will say one thing about football. Sometimes you need those, you need those uh, stinkers. Sometimes you need one of them, one of them losses to 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 kick you in the ass from time to time. I guess. I, I uh, what was Tampa Bay? You know, Tampa Bay lost. You know, got swept by the by the Saints. They had to use that as momentum in the playoffs. I'm sorry, motivation. I apologize to in the playoffs to uh, redeem themselves. So you know, sometimes you need you need to take a couple of L's to wake yourself up, right? All right, let's go ahead and uh, end the show today with the best coach of the year. If you're tuning in out there, go ahead and let us know who y'all think was your best coach of the season. 
because I'm interested. I want to hear what y'all have to say. For us, Ishmael, you want to go ahead and start off? Yeah, I'll start off with mine. Um, I think that mine is a little out there, a little bit of a shock. It's going to be a shock to most people. But um, Kyle Shanahan is my coach of the year. I know that the 49ers went 6-10. and 10. I know that they finished dead last in the NFC West, but I will say that that is the toughest division um, in football. It was this year. And also, I will say that they did beat a lot of these teams that we thought that they were not going to um, beat. This to to put into perspective what this team was able to accomplish with the adversity that they faced this year. This is the list of players that was that at one time all of these players were out. So listen to this. It's 22 players. Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, uh, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson, Weston Richburg, Ben Garland, Jordan Reed, Jalen Hurd, Tavon Austin, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, D. Ford, Mark uh, Nikocha, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, Jaquiski Tart, Ronald Blair, Julian Taylor, Ezekiel Ansa, mm, Aziz Al-Shahir, Dante Pettis, Brandon Ayuk, Richie James, Emmanuel Mosley, Dre Greenlaw, Akilo Witherspoon, Dante Johnson, Kawan Williams, Jimmy Ward. They were all out at one point throughout the season for this team. 22 players. You could field a whole team with their injury list. And for them to go out in the toughest division in yep. pro football gotcha. and win six games, I have got to – my hat goes off to Kyle Shanahan, not literally because I don't want y'all to see what's under my hat. <laughs> but – um. Nah, definitely. I gotta give it a give up props to Kyle Shanahan because, uh, yeah, man, he week in week out they came out, they played. No matter if they were on their third string quarterback, they were always competitive. They were always giving it a good game. Uh, they always looked good. Like I, there wasn't a time where I watched a 49ers game and I thought like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Like there were a lot of times I turned into the Jets or the Jags or the, or the like, Texans or the Texans, and I was wondering why this was even on TV. But when you watch the 49ers, you would not suspect that they were missing the number of players that they were missing. So I got to get my hat off to Kyle Shanahan. Definitely for him, he, for me, he's the coach of the year. Um, I know there were some other choices that are obvious choices. But for me, I had to give the respect to Kyle Shanahan because I definitely appreciated what he did this year with the 49ers facing all those injuries. I 100% agree, bro. I mean, I you said it. You said it best on that one, especially towards the end. There's plenty of coaches out here that could have easily gotten this, you know, our little fake award, best coach of the year. Um, even with my coach that I'm picking with Bruce Arians, people could easily say, "Well, duh, you know, he won the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady," or you know, that's that's not a he didn't do anything, right? You know, you could say that, but in reality, I feel like Bruce Arians was able to be like the Zen master of Phil Jackson. I'm not saying go out there win 11 championships. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he was able to manage the the egos and the profile of these players. I'm not saying that Tom Brady has an ego or A, B. or I'm just saying that these guys are different guys than just the regular, than just, let's just say, the roster of the Jacksonville Jaguars. There we go. Let's stay in Florida. Jacksonville Jaguars roster is a completely different roster compared to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So when you are coaching a roster like this, you have to coach a little differently. In the beginning of the season, I don't know if everybody remembers or not, 
But Bruce Arians stated because it was rumblings of A.B. joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Tom Brady wanted him. And Bruce Arians said he don't want him on the team. He's not going to be on the team. We fast forward into the regular season, and guess who, who ends up on the team because Tom Brady wants him on the team. And it's not about giving Tom Brady what he wants. It's that Tom Brady has, has earned and has done what he needed to do in his league to be able to earn that trust amongst coach and player to say, look, bro, I need this guy or I need a better blocker. I need such and such from, so I can excel in this offense. They got his piece and they was able to win a piece of that Lombardi. And what I'm, what I'm, the reason why I'm giving this award to Bruce Arians is again, he could have been like some of these coaches out here that are very ego driven where there's going to be my way or the highway. I ain't changing da, 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 and could have risked it for the biscuit and just did it his way. But he let, he let Tom Brady run the offense after week eight because he saw how abysmal they were trying to run either Brian Leftwich offense or of course a, a, a combination of Brian Leftwich plus Bruce Arians because Arians is a part of that offense. And he said, Tom Brady, do what you do. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you be the quarterback of our team because you've earned this right. And I, again, I feel like with Bruce giving Tom Brady that leash to be, to be him and to let the offense do them and let the coordinators coordinate and let the, all the other coaches on the, on the, on the coaching, um, on, on that coaching, um, sorry, staff coach, I have to give him the coach of the year on that one. Uh, yeah, real quick, uh, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, but real quick, I know some people are out there thinking, why didn't you pick this guy? He should be the guy. Clearly, he should be this guy. I'm going to say because. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm going to say because I want to give him his own award. Uh-oh. Um, and actually, he's sharing it this year. Uh-oh. But my bad man of the year award Uh-oh. goes to. Ron Rivera and Alex Smith. Oh, yes. I mean, it's clear. It's oh, clear. Yes. It's clear, oh, yes. right? It's oh, clear. Yes. I mean, I already talked about the Washington football team being my most improved team. Ron Rivera battling cancer comes in, leads that team to a winning uh, to seven and nine record, not a winning record, but they win the division. They go to the playoffs after only being three and thirteen the year before. Um, after battling cancer, all of that going on, he leads them to the playoffs. His first year there. Definitely Ron Rivera has to be up there. He's a bad man. And Alex Smith, after that injury, that gruesome injury that he faced, a lot of people thought he would never play football again. To come out there and lead the team the way he did, to play at the level in which he did, uh, definitely uh, he is a bad man as well. So the two of them, they'll share the award this year, but they are the bad men of the year for I me. I 100% agree, and we'll add that next year on next season's awards, the bad man of the year. I like that one. Yes, we definitely didn't, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> did not have that one this year, but we'll definitely add that one in, and I 100% agree, man. Everything that Ron Rivera was able to do, we uh, def we definitely got thrown in there as coach of the year as well because of, to be able to coach while dealing with cancer, you know, if you I don't know if you saw the story, but he would have to go to the hospital four in the morning and get his treatment before he go into work, and I mean that's that's just a testament of of his mental strength and 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 his and his support cast as well. Most definitely, most the support definitely. cast being able to help him get through. Uh, the 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 physical pain of that and also the mental pain of that because anybody that's dealing with cancer you know they they say the same story man it's 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 a it's a it's 
tough. Like it's it's tough for not just on you, but also on your family. So shout out to Ron Rivera, sure. seriously though, on that one. And uh, of course, before we get up out of here, we have to always let y'all know one more time. Please make sure you enjoy a free chicken tender basket March 1st to 7th at any one of your local Seven Spice area locations. Mention the sports plug and get your free chicken tender basket. Tag Seven Spice and also the sports plug on Instagram and or Facebook. But we want that in because we got to make sure we get y'all inside Seven Spice. All righty then. I know you like that. So with that being said, even though the NFL season is over with this year, that does not mean that's First, I'm sorry, that does not mean that the sports plug is over with for this year. We will still be here updating you guys on the NFL news. And, of course, uh, we have some uh, we'll have some news for you guys very shortly. Let's just say stay tuned and um, might be some things coming you guys way. So might be some a little, little teaser, a little teaser. So stay with us. Stick with us. The sports plug X Williams ish. We'll see you all next time. Peace.